We are live for another big board draft Tuesday, February 20th, draft number 16, streamed of me uh, so far of 2024 for the 2024 season. And today the goal is going to be to identify in every single round who's potentially a wide receiver one. Obviously, Justin Jefferson's on the thumbnail there, a guy that we would have liked to see uh, be the wide receiver one last year, but uh, Sidney Lamb currently the number one off the board. A lot of guys you make the case for here. We're going to get into it. Of course, going to make some picks. I'm picking the six hole here. And I am, uh, I am incredibly out of breath from just literally wrapping up a workout. So uh, primed activity here, as always, on Splash Play. Appreciate all you guys watching live right after the fact. And let's get into it. Get another draft going here. Excited to get another draft. Uh, you're in the big board, 200K to first place. Oh, my God. I feel like, I feel like Tony Soprano right now. Because <laughs> like it didn't really kick in until I had to talk is really the main issue I had. We see C.D. Lamb uh, going overall wide receiver one here. But Brees Hall at number three. A uh, thing that I've seen in a few rooms lately, um, including some other draft streams out there. People taking Brees Hall very aggressively. Some people, Sometimes people take Brees Hall 101, um, which I know a lot of you guys love Brees Hall out there. I think certainly uh, a price tag, the base of what he did in the back half of last season, you can justify. But uh, the PPR scam, I don't know if it's over, but I don't know if it's going to be quite as prevalent as it was uh, the back half of this season. But I, I get it. Brees Hall, though, the enthusiasm through the roof. Um all right, so two interesting guys here, Jamar Chase and Monroe St. Brown. Uh, Chase, a guy that a lot of moving pieces for Cincinnati, some rumors coming up. Tyler Boyd might be headed to Tennessee with his former offensive coordinator, uh, Brian Callahan, who's not the head coach there. I think we're going to go Jamar Chase here. Uh, I have no issue with the Monroe St. Brown, but I think that his shot at being a wide receiver one or the overall wide receiver one uh, was this past season with Sam Laporta, another year under his belt. Um, Jamison Williams, hopefully another full year of offseason under his belt without being suspended, not being able to be in the facility for gambling uh, like he was for parts last year. And then also the chance, too, that Detroit could add another receiver. I think that for Amon Ross St. Brown, I wouldn't say the best days are behind him in terms of the spike weeks and all that, but in terms of having a shot to, like, you know, be a 2,000-yard receiver, I just don't think that's ever going to be in his bag, whereas for Chase, it could be there, especially if Higgins were somehow not franchise tag. For Jefferson, it could be there, whether it be, you know, Kirk Cousins coming back at QB, whether it be somebody else like like a J.J. McCarthy, like a Jaden Daniels going to Minnesota. Uh, so for Jefferson, I think he's still got a shot to be that. And I would say for all the guys in, you know, the first round here that are not priced to be a wide receiver one, I think the one guy that's kind of the most interesting to make that bet on might be Puka Nakua. Um, I guess, you know, I have some reservations with Cooper Cup being there again, just that Cooper Cup obviously was hurt a lot of last year, uh, certainly had some spike weeks here and there when he was healthy, but I think just him being out there kind of like it naturally inhibits Puka's ceiling a little bit. But I would say if we're going to just go off of guys, the youth here, Puka Niku entering his second year, um, you know, Garrett Wilson, I don't think has that upside personally. I think if he had it, I think we'd know already. For Puka though, if Cup went out, you know, if Higby's not there next year, it's going to be the most likely case, probably going to have Davis Allen, maybe some other tight ends they bring it in free agency or in the uh, rookie draft class. There's not a lot of weapons to go to if we did see Cooper Cup get hurt again. So for Puka, let's say Cup got hurt in the preseason. I think that relative to the ADPs, relative to the draft capital for these guys right now, I think the most interesting bet in round one for a potential you know, wide receiver one of the year might be Puka Nakua, which surprises me to say out loud, but kind of thinking through it. I was actually thinking through it just a couple minutes ago while I was working out. I'm like, who am I going to go with for round one? Because Jefferson's the obvious one. I think at some point in his career, uh, Jefferson does hit that 2K per season mark that he's talked about wanting to hit in the past. But for Puka, like, I think that he's a guy where the youth being on his side, um, you know, the Matthew Stafford age risk certainly there, the Cooper Cup stuff we talked about, that's a risk that he just takes away, you know, nine, 10 targets a game. Uh, but for Puka, you know, there's a good chance his best days are still uh, very much in front of him. So um, I think that he's certainly the player that I would make the case for in round one. And round two, I think it's Marvin Harrison. Uh, some tough rumors for all the Nico fans out there, which I'm curious if it starts to drop his ADP. 
Uh, Mike Evans, not close on a contract with Tampa Bay. Uh, Houston, heavily rumored to be in the mix for Mike, uh, for Mike Evans. So if Mike Evans were in Houston, that is exactly the kind of player that would deeply upset what Nico Collins does. At the very least, uh, would cut a lot of his opportunity, you know, and half some fractional amount therein. So uh, just something to keep in mind there based off the latest rumors and innuendo that we talk about every day. All right, so we got Jonathan Taylor, Josh Allen, Rasheed Rice, one of my least favorite players to take. Uh, certainly don't want to take him ahead of ADP. I think it's a running back day here. I think we're going to go Jonathan Taylor. I think this is my first share of Jonathan Taylor as well. Uh, can make the case here. Could take Taylor and AR together. Wouldn't hate that. Uh, Taylor Pittman and AR, not a bad thing to do either. If Pittman were available, a pick 30. But relative to the wide receivers here, didn't want to reach for Devontae Adams. I'm never reaching for Rasheed Rice. That is my promise to you. If you watch these drafts, I will never reach for Rasheed Rice. But Jonathan Taylor, pick 19, I think it's a pretty okay value. That's where he was when he was hurt last year, not going to play for the first month of the year. So feeling good about that. See the Justin Fields. I did not see any Justin Fields news, Sam, but feel free to drop in the chat. Our Chase's metrics last year feels like the few spot drop the season is a bit, um, a few spot drop. Uh, I mean, he was more uh, efficient in terms of everything he did last year. He's been a negative EPA receiver, I believe, um, his first couple of years in the league. This was the first year that he was a positive EPA receiver. And he flipped T. Higgins on that, where in the past, uh, Chase was a worse receiver with Higgins off the field. Uh, and then Higgins was a better receiver with Chase off the field. This year, Chase is a better receiver with Higgins off and vice versa did not occur. Uh, so, you know, I think for Chase, he's made some strides that I expect him to see. Um, that was my big, you know, concern with him compared to Justin Jefferson is Justin Jefferson about uh, the last two years, been about a 0.3 EPA receiver per play. Uh, this year, I don't actually don't think I have my NFL sheet up, but I can find Jamar Chase's number in a moment. Uh, for Jamar Chase, though, anything that went to positive was going to be an improvement for him. So um, I would say for Chase that he think he did enough of that this year, and I will find his exact EPA per target number in a moment. It's like update Excel. <laughs> so coming up in a couple picks here, so we can luxuriate in looking at Jamar Chase's numbers. Oops. Chase, I'm getting Chase Claypool's numbers, which would be shocking to hear, not the most relevant. I would argue that Chase Claypool, probably not draftable this year. <laughs> I might go out on that limb. Is this year Jamar Chase 0.31 EPA per target? So again, up a good amount from where he was last year. He was a negative guy. Uh, compared to Jefferson this past year, Jefferson was, I think, at roughly the same amount. Yeah, Jefferson was 0.32 EPA per target. So these guys basically became the same player this year uh, for the most part. Target earning, I think, not dissimilar to. Uh, all right, we're on the clock here. Rasheed Rice fell back to me. At this point, Rasheed Rice is like not a bad pick, <laughs> I think. Uh, coming back 10 spots later. Debo still here as well. Um, he would be a bit of an ADP value. I think I'm going to go Rasheed Rice just because we've now gotten two pretty big ADP values. I'm not big on Rasheed Rice. I do believe that any sort of move in free agency or the draft will knock Rasheed Rice down, I would guess, to at the least the, the low 40s, if not the 50s. Uh, but I think for right now, getting him at pick 30, when we've seen he'll be really frothy for Rasheed Rice, I think this is the right pick for me. Chase having a negative EPA makes me question the validity of EPA. To be clear, we're talking about two years ago, but you should never you should never do that, first of all. Um, but a negative EPA receiver just means you're not as efficient. Like earning targets is not the same thing as being efficient with your targets. Chase wasn't efficient with it. What he would do is have a lot of passes that not get past six, that didn't create first downs, that didn't create value above average. And he'd break a home run play that would still prop up his numbers. But he was really, like he wasn't the receiver that you guys, that some people out there, I won't say you guys, some people out there think he was, but 
Um, but I think that's the main thing is like, that's what EPA is for. It's a fact check of like the counting stats and of the things that you were going to go with your eye test. And that's why, you know, I don't usually fall for guys like the Saquon Barclays of the world, uh, because of the fact that like the EPA metrics tell me that he's not as good as, uh, really every peer that he has, especially relative to guys at volume. Um, uh, but in, you know, in general too, uh, that those are the things that should matter. So EPA is like a fact check of everything you see, and it should be a really important part of the process and questioning EPA would be, I think a gigantic mistake. Right, should be at 30. It's just crazy because he never goes there. I agree. I think he should be at 30 right now, and I think he should be on his way to the 40s and 50s um, if they add anybody there who's not MVS, who's not Justin Watson, who's not just like an also-ran receiver. Um, but I like taking Rasheed Rice at 30. I guess for round three, who'd be the wide receiver one? Um, I think DK Metcalf has the outside shot here. Uh, we talked about DK Metcalf getting the big glow up this year with Ryan Grubb being his offensive coordinator. If he brings over, you know, 90% of the principles they had at Washington, that is going to be an air yards factory this year, which is going to really help out DK Metcalf, who is going to get the Romo Dunze treatment and going to be a much better version of it. Cause he's actually an athlete and actually a guy that uh, can command targets at a high rate too. So, uh, for DK Metcalf, I think that potential is there for him. I don't think Rasheed Rice could ever be a wide receiver one. Um, I don't know what it would take. I think it would take every other chief not being there and then uh, making tight end worse <laughs> too. Uh, so I'd say for she rice, probably not the one for me. Malik neighbors would be the other one. I feel like does have a shot at wide receiver one tank Dell in terms of talent. If you were like the only guy that CJ Stroud had to throw to, I do think he could be a wide receiver one this year. Malik neighbors though, if he lands in the right spot, I think he could potentially be probably not the wide receiver one this year, but could be within three years, a legit wide receiver one amongst everybody here. Not just like a top 10 ranked uh, wide receiver one. All right, so we're on the clock here again. We've got Pacheco, which would make sense with the KC bet that we have, that we're pretty good uh, at. Yeah, I think we're pretty good at running back for right now. Kelsey would make sense. Higgins very likely coming back uh, to Cincinnati, so we can make that bet if we wanted. I'm going to go Higgins. I'm going to go Higgins. Think he's going to come back. Think Tyler Boyd is going to be gone. I think those are both positives for Higgins and for, you know, Jamar Chase to the same extent. Uh, but we have the bet here. You know, I think KC would have made sense because we'd probably had a more unique pairing of Rasheed Rice and Kelsey or Rasheed Rice and Mahomes. Um, but I don't think we need it here. Basically what we would have, if I did take a, a Mahomes or a Kelsey there, we'd have a pretty common KC stack, but with the added bonus of having Jonathan Taylor in the second round, because usually somebody's taking Rasheed Rice here, then taking, I guess, a Mahomes here, and then maybe a Kelsey here. So that'd be our one difference point that would make us unique, but I don't think that was enough for me to justify uh, taking one of those guys right now. Like Justin Watson, that costs a lot more than Rasheed Rice. Uh, he's not going to get better. That's the issue. He's like, he's old enough. We you know, Justin Watson, you know what he is. His Justin Watson, like the time that you should know that Justin Watson was never going to be like a real deal was when, again, I always re reference this time was one of my favorite times in terms of, uh, I was early in my stochastic slash Osmo career. And we really had pinpointed Tampa Bay's off, uh, offense a couple of years ago with Jameis Winston throwing for 500 air yards a game. And um, it was one of those things where Justin Watson, when there was a point where Brashad Perriman went out, where Evans was out, where all the guys were out. And Watson was getting 300 air yards a game, was putting up 75. So, like, that's basically what he did, you know, a, a micro version of that in Kansas City this year. So, like, Watson's never going to break out. Like, I I would I wouldn't make that bet very often, personally. But, you, yeah, everybody can like who you like. If KC just, like, doesn't improve anything and Rasheed Rice were to get banged up or, I guess, would regress in some way, uh, you probably are going to see, I guess, a surge from somebody else in KC. But the assumption really has to be that, like, KC improves something meaningfully because... They, they need to desperately. Super Bowl wins aside, <laughs> you know, they really could use something else out there. 
I, but at, the point is that cost, like, you know, a, a free uh, needle of, of AIDS <laughs> still might be a better deal at cost than buying a cure for cancer. Doesn't mean <laughs> that it's worth buying, you know? I know that's the best analogy, but that's, that's what comes to mind. All right, let's see what we're going to do here. Addison goes to our guy, Mad Maddie here. Mahomes still here, which wouldn't be a bad pick. Uh, we did not take Kelsey, so there was some logic as well taking Mark Andrews. Uh, Stroud, not a pick for this team in particular. Mahomes at 54. We just saw this, though. <laughs> like, I think I would have to take somebody else with this Casey stack to make it make sense for me. Why don't we play Robo Dunze? No, I'm going to take, I got to take the Mahomes discount. I'm going to put that, yeah. I can't pass the Mahomes nine picks after ADP after getting Rasheed Rice nine picks after ADP, which might be the trap here. Like, I think I just made a chalky decision, but getting Mahomes this cheap, I, I just got a stack that goes around higher on two different players. So I, I can't, I can't avoid that. Um, but that's I, that's the that's the reason there. Uh, and Mahomes, I do think we're entering a stage of his career as well where just don't expect him to necessarily be a guy that's going to be regularly throwing for 300 yards just because he, you know, this is a luxury when you become a really great player. You realize you can have a more efficient 240 yards and rather than a, a reckless 300 yards. And I think that's where Mahomes is in his career. It's what we saw the growth process be this year. Uh, so for Mahomes, you know, I have some questions about it, but I think the hope would be that we add somebody else in the stack that could theoretically be a KC outside receiver addition. And I think that would help this look a little bit better. All right. So I didn't pick a wide receiver one potentially in round four. Who could be the best? You know what? This is going to shock you guys. I think it's Drake London. Um, Drake London, again, coaching staff glow up here, getting some Rams principles coming over. Who've always fed their wide receiver targets. Well, I think Drake London has a shot to take a real leap this year. Um, there's been some quotes as well coming out within the last day, I believe from Zach Robinson, the new offensive coordinator there talking about how he's not going to do like Arthur Smith, not going to avoid feeding the play, the playmakers on the team. He's going to really try to aggressively feed them. So I think a good sign for Drake London, if I have to guess, he's going to be an eight target per game guy at a minimum this year. I'd say probably has a shot to get to nine to 10. Um, and honestly, a shot for that to be even higher if he did somehow absorb that uh, the Z slot role, I believe is what, the, no, is it, is it the Z or the F? The Rams call it something that's not the traditional wide receiver name, uh, but like the slot rotation there where they move inside, they move outside, um, that role that Cooper Cups had that they kind of worked Puka in as well with this year. Uh, if Drake London has that role, he could have games where he's at like 13 to 15 targets reliably. Um, so I think for Drake London, he's the guy in round four, I would pinpoint as a potential wide receiver one. Uh, relative to talent in round five, I think it would be George Pickens. I don't think that Terry McLaurin is going to get enough of a glow up in this Cliff Kingsbury offense. I also don't know what they're going to do at QB. So I can't say that with a lot of faith. Um, all right, we're on the clock here, but I'm going to pick my wide receiver one from that round as well. We are going to punt some stuff back. I think I don't, boy, we're getting bled out, getting bled out at receiver. Oh, I do like some of these guys at running back Ty J Spears in particular, Burrow, of course, makes sense with this team. As Jeff is saying, double elite QB build. I think we're going to go with it. I think we're going to take Burrow here because there's really, it's either that or reach for Hopkins. And I just don't think that's the move either. So we have a double elite QB build, as Jeff intimated here. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jonathan Taylor, Jamar Chase, Rasheed Rice, T. Higgins is the squad so far. Uh, going to have to get some wide receiver values. Do you know one guy I would like to take is that potential rookie outside receiver for KC. Uh, but now that I've said that out loud, somebody will... I'm sure dash them away from me. So in this round, right? So in round five, Pickett seems very undervalued. 
He's not undervalued because of the Arthur Smith stuff. He's only going to get cheaper as this offseason goes on. If I had to guess, I think Pickens gets to the 70s. Um, once the full Arthur Smithization of things sets in, maybe depending on who comes in at QB, but if it ends up being like Russell Wilson at QB for Pittsburgh, that's something that's going to lead Pickens to come upwardly. So I think you're paying a premium right now if you to take Pickens at 52, especially given that we've seen him in rooms go in the 60s. Um, but I don't think that he's undervalued relative to the Arthur Smith offense that should be coming in. I do think he's undervalued as a potential wide receiver one if we're going to go with this exercise. I think that if he were in the right situation, if you're on the right team, um, he would have had a shot at being a wide receiver one. Like he had some really great games for a dog shit Pittsburgh offense last year, just because he was able to concentrate targets. We had Deontay Johnson out. Uh, so I think for Pickens out of all the round five guys, he would be the one that I think feel the best about potentially being a wide receiver one. Um, but probably not going to happen in Pittsburgh. If I'm being honest, I think Pickens not having a QB is sinking him a little there. I mean, he should get sunk a lot more like this is like, he shouldn't go to pick 52. This is the price he paid last year. And the faint shot that Kenny Pickett was going to be the guy and be the guy that we saw in college at Pittsburgh, like sling the ball downfield. He wasn't that guy. He's probably broken now. Um, and Arthur Smith is not going to be the one that like reconciles him. So uh, I think for Pickens, unfortunately, he might like his shots to be an elite wide receiver to be like a Justin Jefferson. He's probably got like one more year to do it, but I don't know how he does in this offense. I'll identify some more potential wide receiver ones in round six and round seven. Uh, but let me make a pick here. So don't expect Mixon to be back in Cincinnati. Does feel like that ship has sailed. Again, we are just so fully bled out at wide receiver, and I'm just not going to make that jump. I'm going to take Brock Bowers. I'm just going to get talent in and hope this works out. Uh, can Cincinnati add Brock Bowers? They could. <laughs> I don't think they're going to. But they could, so that's that's some logic there. But Brock Bowers picks 78. I'm okay with that. Um, I honestly think that Brock Bowers, I would be willing to take Bra I would be willing to take Bowers ahead of Kincaid and I think ahead of Kittle. I don't see a way. This is of course me now jinxing everything, I'm sure. Where's where's some wood to knock on? I don't know, I don't have any wood objects here. Oh, there's wood over there. Knock on wood, I'll knock on my head. Um I think that Brock Bowers is going to be better from Dalton Kincaid the second he steps on the field. And I love Dalton Kincaid. I was very big on Dalton Kincaid, but the situation is going to matter. Obviously, if Kincaid or if, if Bowers comes into an open target tree, you know, unlike Kincaid did, he's going to have a much easier shot as well. Uh, but I think the talent is going to be there from day one a little bit easier. And just the ability to do different things as well and to not get played off the field at all. I think Brock Bowers should be there. So I'm okay taking him. Good morning, Spags. We see our guy Tyler coming back after a bachelor party weekend. Glad to see some familiar, uh, familiar names back in here. And of course, all the new ones. So guys, if you are new or if you're familiar and just not subscribed, uh, please just subscribe down below. Splash play on that march to 4K subs now to 5K subs to 10K subs. And I need every single one of you to be subscribed to help do that. We have about 52% of the people that watch videos on the regular right now are not subscribed. And it's a very simple ask here. I don't spam your subscription page or anything like that. Uh, don't even put out YouTube shorts because I just let the let the stream speak for themselves. So if you want drafts every Monday to Friday at 11 a.m., uh, it's going to be going on all off season long. We're going from February until September is the goal. Uh, subscribe here. And of course, I'll give you guys my takes and whatever news items I see out there. And of course, the chat as well. I'll do a good job servicing things for all you guys too. And of course, that promo code splash and underdog. Uh, if you're not an underdog for some reason, double your deposit to 100 bucks, that promo code splash and Get a mystery pick them too. It's like a game of Clue, but with money, free money they give you. They go, it's, uh, I don't even know who would be available to play now. I did fucking hockey bets for, for probably today. And holy shit, man, do I not know hockey? <laughs> like hockey bets, the, the probably betting software is the same thing no matter what. Um, and we're going to, we're going to find out, you know, advantageous positions based upon true probability data. But man, just even saying the names, I'm like, oh, <laughs> 
<laughs> I also didn't know Ovechkin was like 80 now. He looks like he is fucking weathered beyond all years that I thought was possible. All right, so we have Joe Mixon here at pick 81. Do we play the probability? Just keep not taking wide receivers. At a certain point, I think we have to take a wide receiver, right? Um, at this point, we're playing for this upside here. Troy Franklin goes to KC, changes the game here, makes Rasheed Rice less, less valuable, uh, but does hopefully make a Mahomes stack more viable. Troy Franklin, my guy, and I don't want to jinx it, guys, but the rookie perfect game is afoot right now. We've gotten two of our guys, Brock Bowers and Troy Franklin. Can we get... Uh, the rest of them coming up. Uh, I guess we can't get one of them inherently because it would be very stupid to take Jaden Daniels at this point. So I can't throw my rookie perfect game, but we got about you know four innings of a perfect game right now. And we can't, we're going to get uh, battered for a home run late. Smash that like indeed. Yes, Bindle's our guy here doing some streams, doing his morning alpha streams. Check out his content as well. Appreciate that. Job has to be a huge question mark. Uh, he, I mean... He is a huge question mark. I don't even think that's a has to be kind of question. It's just that he's going to be. Uh, likelihood for him is that he's going to end up with a about eight weeks on the sidelines or eight weeks of being uh, very limited. And then hopefully he can get back to it. But he's at an age where the recovery shouldn't come easily for him. Uh, so I think for Nick Chubb, that is a risk point. He's definitely not priced appropriately right now. He should probably be in the 100s. Like he should be down a little bit. Hawkinson should be down another 30 picks. Uh, Brooks should still be down another 20 picks. Uh, definitely a lot of guys here that are um, a little bit overpriced for the injury concerns because people just haven't been able to fully settle them in yet or haven't heard from credible news outlets about, hey, hey, like, uh, by the way, Hawkinson's not going to fucking play for a very long time. People are just trying to err on the side of positivity, which is one of the tough things to balance with best ball in general. Like sometimes the ADPs reflect a really negative view on things based on free agency, based on injury. And sometimes they're like weirdly positive and it just doesn't make a lot of sense. All right, so we have a 2141. I think Kyle Pitts is a screaming value at this point. I also do think that Raheem Mostert at this point is a nice value. Like I know we want a Chan to take the leap, but that's not a for sure thing by any stretch. Two, one, four, one. <sighs> Fuck man. Need a wide receiver. I'm going to take Deontay Johnson here. Thought he showed some signs of life. What was, I actually haven't done my full deep dive on everybody's numbers last year. I know that Deontay was better, but how much better was he? Yancey Johnson was a positive EPA receiver last year. 0.2 EPA uh, per target overall. 25% target per out run rate. By comparison, I think Pickens is going to have a higher EPA, but a lower target rate. You have 0.24 EPA per target for Pickens, 21% target per out run rate. Yancey did his thing last year. Uh, he rebounded in a way that, uh, I mean, he, he had to because he was the worst receiver in football uh, the year before. But Yancey, look, uh, again, I don't love the Arthur Smith offense, but getting shares of it at this point, it's really... It's priced down and it's only going to get cheaper, I think, is the one thing that I guess would make you not take these guys now. Uh, if Pollard and Chubb get back to their normal job, you think their ADP will go up? Chubb can't get back to his normal job because of the injury. Like, that's so inherently, he shouldn't, like, it would be a miracle of science if he were able to be back for the preseason and then, you know, be able to go for week one. So I would kind of throw that one out. Pollard probably doesn't come up all the way because he burned everybody so bad. I would think if Pollard went back to Dallas, he probably goes. Jacob's range, maybe Jacob's to Walker range would be my guess. Um, but, you know, I think that some of the disappointment in him is already priced in at uh, getting picked at 83 here as ADP is normally what? ADP normally 77. So I think the Pollard, him burning everybody last year, but there's no chance he comes back up to like the second round. I think they would take him. I don't even know where he'd have to go. Um, probably not going to come back to Dallas, though. Some more rumors today that I saw uh, leaking Dallas to uh, who is it? 
to Derrick Henry, which we already knew. There's one other veteran back they thought Dallas might be in the mix for. Oh, it was like talking about Houston potentially, and which is the same fucking rumors that have been out there for weeks, which I still don't fully buy. That Houston might be in on Singletary, or might be out, not out on Singletary, but more in on Saquon, more in on Derrick Henry. And then they're like Dallas and, and Baltimore apparently also might be in the hunt. I forget which reporter it was because I saw it in a roundup, the legit football newsletter, which does a good job uh, rounding up media reports in the morning. Um, well, they were talking about that. So those are the teams, I guess, that right now the, the NFL insiders think could be there. But I really think for a lot of these guys, like they could end up anywhere. Derrick Henry has felt like a match for Dallas for a while. Pollard, there was a quote from Micah Parsons saying they should give Tony Pollard another shot. I don't know what they're going to do. I, I personally don't have a lean on that. All right. I mean, this is, I think, a nice pick now to take Chase Brown. Uh, again, we saw Jaden Daniels go to the perfect rookie draft. The guys that I like the most is going to be there, but Chase Brown will be my second running back off the board. He will go along with Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow at QB, Jonathan Taylor, Chase Brown at running back, uh, Jamar Chase, double chases here, Rasheed Rice, T. Higgins, Troy Franklin, Deontay Johnson at wide receiver and a tight end, Brock Bowers. I like this start. Um, I think that, I think we got good value on the KC stuff. Um, got an okay value on, I guess not an okay value. I took Burrow at ADP, but he was more valuable to me than he was anybody else. Getting a nice value on Chase Brown, I don't mind either. Chase Brown, another guy I think that comes up, probably 50 picks if we know for sure that Joe Mixon gets cut and then there isn't that immediate replacement brought in. Uh, so I like this build for myself so far, even though we did not, uh, didn't make sense to add Jaden Daniels in. Mostert at 114 seems absurd. I would agree. I think people are really down on him because of being so high on A-Chan. I think both guys are perfectly valid plays right now. Team is coming together nicely. Always looks great when you get value and, and uh, land clean stacks. Yep, I feel good about that. I really, you know, the Burrow part of it, I'm not crazy about, but I'm pretty confident in Burrow having those guys stack partners. And I think there's a bonus shot of Burrow getting Bowers as a tight end, which would be a positive as well. So I'll take it. I'll said Ayuk was going to be out of San Fran for a first. I mean, I don't think, I mean, the Niners haven't said anything about that, but yeah, there's some rumors around that. Uh, even Sauce Gardner was tweeting about how he feels like um, they haven't been using Brandon Ayuk to his full like capabilities because the fact they throw the ball out of bounds so often is what he pointed out. Like you should just be throwing it up for Ayuk, um, which I, I think is not an unfair point. Chuba Hubbard, I have some concerns about just, I don't think he's going to necessarily retain the role ambiguous backfield. We're now five picks after ADP, almost six. So I'm going to take him as my RB3 here, which is okay. I don't know. It feels great, but it's passable. I've been doing the wide receiver one thing for each round. Shit. Okay. Wide receiver one. I didn't do it for this round. Um, I think relative age in round six, it has to be JSN just because of the fact that he could have upside again, new offensive coordinator coming in. I think it'll be a positive for him. He needs Tyler Lockett to leave. Very unlikely anybody from this round is ever the wide receiver one overall again. I guess Hopkins might have been at some point in his career. Uh, but JSN, I think, relative to these guys would be the pick. Uh, round seven's a tough one because you know I'm in the bag for Christian Watson. Brian Thomas, there is a chance that um, his target per out run rate was really inhibited by Balik Neighbors being so great. Also a chance he goes to a Dallas and then has you know CeeDee Lamb playing that Balik Neighbors role for him, taking attention away from him. I think if I had to pick a potential wide receiver one out of these two, I would probably say Christian Watson. I think Christian Watson can have one more shot here. You know, Green Bay really improved at receiver last year with the draft class he brought in. Um, I think that's really just the main thing. Like another year for Dobbs too, seasoning for him was a positive. But I think for Watson, still a shot that he could be a target earner if he's healthy and able to go. I guess the better bet might be on Brian Thomas just because he's an unknown quantity. But for me, my personal bias, Christian Watson, I think out of round seven guys that we saw drafted here, best shot at being a wide receiver one. Um, 
And round eight, I think you know who it is. I don't think we're ever going to see that ceiling from Dobbs, Jamison Williams. I don't think so either. Uh, Mike Williams, too old. Sutton, same thing, though even he's not that old. Trey Franklin's the pick <laughs> in round eight. He's got the best shot to be the wide receiver one. And what if he goes to KC and he starts getting you know, 50-yard bombs over and over again that Justin Watson couldn't catch last year? Trey Franklin's going to catch him, and he's going to house him. So Trey Franklin is my very biased pick as well in round eight. In round nine, who could be a wide receiver one? I guess it would have to be Josh Downs. It would have to be the Colts lose Pittman. Don't replace him. Just bring back Pierce. Maybe add a, a tight end who's like a little bit old and doesn't add a ton of value. Josh Downs has proven to be a high value target earner last year. What are his EPA metrics? Josh Downs. 0.26 EPA per target. 22% target per out run rate. Would like to see that be a little bit higher, but he had a big target guy with Pittman out there with him. I think for round date, I would pick Josh Downs. Don't think it's the most likely outcome to be clear, but we're going to go with a bit here. Got to have different bits every day. Um, all right. Running backs here. You guys know I, I do despise Blake Corum and what he represents. Um, Kendra Miller, don't mind him. I uh, do need more running backs. Luke Musgrave would not be a bad tight end two to add in here. Do you think he'll have big upside in Green Bay next year? This is tough. This is tough. I'm going to stick with my guns here. I think that Kendra is just undervalued. Uh, another report that I saw this morning as well, again, the legit football newsletter, great way to get your summaries in. If you don't have time, I was doing a lot of work this morning and getting my little workout in. So just read the newsletter, felt good about it. But shout out to those guys who are also uh, partners of probably. Um, but they were talking about in that one that, uh, who is it, that, Gabe Davis, apparently not likely to come back to Buffalo or the latest reports from Buffalo beat guys. And uh, apparently they're not likely to pay his price tag, which is expected to be about 12 million a year in free agency. So I think pretty close to that Christian Kirk level for all the people that were uh, engaged in that conversation yesterday. But it does seem like if you're taking Josh Allen and Gabe Davis at this point, probably better off playing a different outcome with that one. Never understand taking Shakir in the 120s, Gabe 140 easy. I mean, yeah, but I, I mean, I don't think that, I think that sounded like a very concrete report, but we'll see. Obviously there'll be more to come out, but I think that was one where it didn't sound like, oh, they're not going to come get him if his price tag is whatever. Um, yeah. So I would say that for Gabe Davis, I, I wouldn't take him in bill stacks or take him as the assumption of a bill stack. The good news is like, he's probably got other outs because he's likely the best deep ball receiver that's available. Um, but where's he going to go? I don't know. He could be another guy for Casey, essentially. Gabe Davis, 12 million for 45. I mean, it's Gabe Davis himself talking about this, so he's, he's entitled to say it. Uh, but for Gabe here, you know, I think Gabe, you were inhibited a little bit by having Stefan Diggs there for as long as you did. And for having a rushing QB, you know, if we saw Gabe Davis go, where, where, where's the ideal spot? Goes to Tampa Bay as a Mike Evans replacement. It's probably getting a little more reliable targets there. You probably see God, Godwin get more targets for sure. But I would think that he gets those Mike Evans targets the same way uh, that Baker Mayfield served him up last year. So I think there's outs for Gabe. And I think that he could, it's possible that he could be better. I think a pick 147, that's a lot of free to see uncertainty for him right now that is just not fair. Again, I don't think Worthy is really a guy. I don't think Adonai Mitchell's really a guy. Uh, our guy Adam isn't in chat, I don't believe. So I don't really think Lad McConkey's a guy, even though that's the one I'm, I guess, most quote unquote concerned about. Uh, Gabe at 147 is like a very good pick, I think. All right, coming up here, two, four, five, one build. Probably, oh boy. What are we going to do? No, you know what? We got so close to a perfect rookie draft. I'm just going to get 
I'm going to get three out of my four guys. My four guys that I would like to get at cost right now for rookies are Audrey Gestime, Trey Franklin, Brock Bowers. And if I don't get Brock Bowers, Ben Sinnott is a very cheap version with a lot more risk. But those are my three rookies that I like besides Jaden Daniels. And we couldn't take Jaden Daniels in this build because we have uh, two very elite QBs. So uh, I think this is close. This might be the closest I get to my perfect rookie draft, but I'm very happy to get these guys. Two five five one build, Patrick Mahomes and Joe Burrow, Jonathan Taylor, Chase Brown, Chuba Hubbard, Kendra Miller, Audric Estime at running back. A wide receiver, Jamar Chase, Rasheed Rice, T. Higgins, Troy Franklin, and Deontay Johnson. I think if you're going to have Deontay's wide receiver five, I think that works. And Brock Bowers, a tight end. I like the C, man. I think it's a fun team. Got one team with every Packer except Jones and Wicks. And that'll be the way that you would, if you made it to the finals, uh, you would probably end up losing to a team with Wicks and Jones because that is how it goes. But you can make the case for Green Bay, like, Jones, very draftable. Again, if we're going to assume I, they're going to bring in somebody, I think, to be the A.J. Dillon replacement. But if you did get lucky and then somehow they didn't bring in somebody and they kept an Emmanuel Wilson or Patrick Taylor to your guy with Jones, Jones is probably a bell cow back. So he's very draftable. Watson, draftable. Jaden Reed, thick overpriced, very draftable. Dobbs, draftable. Wicks, draftable. Musgrave, draftable. Kraft, I think a little bit less so. But you're talking seven guys who are draftable on the Packers. So, uh, and it's they're not all going to hit like, you know, in the way that you want, especially at the time you want to actually spike a week um, to win a championship. So, or to win, you know, a tournament. So that's tough, man, but th there's a lot of viable Packers. And I think too, like, frankly, I think they should get rid of Dobbs and just give Wicks more routes, but the love and Dobbs, you have a little bit of a special connection dating back to last summer when uh, Christian Watson was not going on the trips to uh, throw some practice balls <laughs> with Jordan Love and only Romeo Dobbs was. All right. Two, five, five, one here. A lot of interesting players. I think Mims is a solid play at this point. Uh, it's not a new coaching staff, though. Do I buy the Roman Wilson here for once? No, no, I can't do that. I can't do that. Mims it is. Mims it is. Like the ADP of all of them besides Love. I feel like if you like the ADPs of all of them, then you should like Love's ADP because he's still, what, QB 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. He's QB 11 in this draft. QB 11 of 15. If you think he could sustain a, a stack of six, then like you should be in on Jordan Love, I would think. I have no idea what this is. <laughs> I don't know. Sacrilegious Sortino ratio? What is... <laughs> I, I know Tostino's. I, I don't know. I don't follow Sacrilegious work that closely. I'm sure it is very great, though. I think Sacrilegious does a great job, but I have no idea what is... Sortino ratio. Sacrilegious is Sortino ratio. Welcome to the family. Sacrilegious is Sortino ratio. That's <laughs> all I can give you, man. But shout out to the Sacrilegious Sortino ratio. I'm sure a great new product, legendary upside. I think Wilson's going to fly up the charts when it's. <laughs> Maybe. I look, I, I'm not shocked that our pal Gamblestein here is a big Roman Wilson fan. A lot of people are these days, but I, I tend to think for me, I'd like to see more than a few good senior bowl reports for a lot of these guys, um, especially for Roman Wilson. You know, he was a positive EPA receiver at Michigan. It's just the offense didn't throw the ball downfield that often. So we'll see. I think for me, I'm more willing to buy in on Roman Wilson than I was initially, but I think the jury's still out uh, for, for him, you know, a lot of ways, but he probably will come up if he does run, you know, if he runs a four, three, like he'll come up a lot. If he runs a four, four, probably comes up a little. 
Oh boy. Legendary upside. So it is the Sortino ratio explaining floor slash ceiling to be more balanced to show the true downside or upside in each guy's profiles, a ratio to show a different value chart. Okay. I think, I think when you are a content website, I think you do a lot of things to make products. <laughs> so I, no disrespect to those guys. Uh, but I think, I think that's a lot. I think that's a lot. I think they're just, yeah, look, I, I admire them trying to find different ways to skin the cat. It's better than just like some people out there just like put out the rankings and then that's it. Uh, but you know, I think whatever adds value to your process, I think you should use is what I would say. Uh, all right. Two, five, six, one here. We do need another tight end. Doesn't really need to be either of these guys or these three. Kate Otten though. Like why is Kate Otten falling this much? Why does everybody hate Kate Otten in this room? I feel like he's perfectly fine. He's not like a stud or anything. He's fine. Kate Otten gets added to the squad. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Jonathan Taylor, Chase Brown, Chuba Hubbard, Kendra Miller, Audrey Gestme. We might actually get some lucky Carolina, New Orleans, Tampa Bay correlation for, for week 17. Jamar Chase, Rasheed Rice, T. Higgins, Troy Franklin, Deontay Johnson, Marvin Mims, and then Brock Bowers and Kate Otten. Uh, feeling Moosey was going to take him. Oh, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Could have taken him for the last 20 picks if you really wanted him. Oh, is, is feeling Moosey Bombadil? Okay, so you have Baker then? If, if that is the case, then. Uh, but still, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, I think that was a good value pick. I, I agree. Couldn't take him. Couldn't avoid taking him, rather. Bleak Washington's undraftable. I don't think he's undraftable, but he's he's a worse version of Roman Wilson. Or he's, he's not going to be a burner. And he's, again, like last year he ran into this issue where it's like there's a million fucking slot guys, so none of them are really going to pop up meaningfully besides like the, the highest draft capital ones. Same thing this year. It's just like there's always going to be a lot of slot guys. That's why Marvin Harrison stand out a little bit more. The Troy Franklins, you know, who ran a lot more outside, stand out a little bit more. And Neighbors, too. Neighbors is better out of the slot, but he definitely is going to be an outside receiver as well. Um, I think those guys stand out. We talked about Miles Sanders yesterday. Got him at 220 or 210, whatever that was. Uh, this guy takes Miles Sanders at 179. So I don't think that's the price tag. You want to take Sanders, knowing you get him a lot cheaper. But um, again, the benefit there, thing that I'll always say for the new people watching, ambiguous backfields, new offensive coordinator, new coaching staff, uh, always going to be a thing where they could fall in love with Miles Sanders. They could fall in love with Chuba Hubbard. They could fall in love with Bucky Irving, Audrey Gestamane, that he could be the Panthers bell cow back. Uh, but for right now, you know, if you're making a bet on Miles Sanders, you're getting him very cheap for the fact that like I took Chuba, you know, much higher. Okay, but you're Bombadil. Got it. 12 spot drafting sharp as hell now. Uh, are you are you the 12 spot, LeBron? <laughs> Let's see. I don't do team reviews for free. You gotta be a paying member for that. <laughs> you get 10 a month if you are. Um, your team looks okay. I don't know, like I don't know why you're you think it's like that great. It's it's fine. You got the Philadelphia stack, that's nice. Always good to buy a stack at the same price tag it was last year after it's completely flamed out. <laughs> <laughs> that's me. That's me just uh, negging your team, but no, your team's good. I don't know. Um, all right. Two, five, six, two. Dobbins coming off the Achilles. I've had less interest in them in generally, uh, but you know, he's there. Malachi Corley kind of interesting. Um, I guess the thesis for him would be similar to Rasheed Rice though. Rasheed Rice is a much better boundary receiver in college. Malachi Corley just going to be a Wandale Robinson type best case scenario, getting a lot of targets as a small guy out of the slot. Uh, did have the highest target per out run rate out of all the receivers in this rookie class, a 35% rate. Actually, Torrey Horton and Johnny Wilson a little bit ahead, but they ran 
slightly less routes. Uh, the point being Malachi Corley, 35% target route run rate in college. The issue though, as I've mentioned before, 5.7 a dot per target for him. So very low target stuff, probably more valuable on a DraftKings. but Malachi Corley goes somewhere smart. He can be useful. So, uh, that's my logic for him. Mo, I start that draft every day. What? Oh my God. My mouse just slid away from me. I can't, can't have that. Um, Start the drafts one minute before the stream every day. So that's the best time to do it. And usually if there's like a lot of spots, I'll just drop in the chat, like a hey, seven spots remaining, but I would just try to get in one minute before. But if you don't get in, like don't, don't come asking me for special pings and stuff because you got to figure it out on your own. Because frankly, my drafts on stream, I think function a little bit better. The less no disrespect to our, our beloved regulars here. My drafts on stream as a couple of people commented yesterday where we had a lot less regulars in. Uh, they're probably more informative <laughs> if we have less regulars in. So if you can make it in, do it one minute before the stream. But if you don't make it, it's a, it's a perk. Malachi has a biblical name. Blessed by God, so got to draft him. Easy game. There you go. And that worked out well for Malachi Flynn, former Raptors point guard, uh, who <laughs> actually has had a couple good DFS months. Can't be mad at him. Uh, back in the days of Fred Van Vliet getting ruled out, Malachi Flynn, you lock button his ass. And now I don't even know where he is. Do you ever look at how you did last year on stream versus non stream? Yeah, we covered that basically every week. Um, for most of the season, I was doing better uh, with my drafts on stream. By the end, it kind of flattened out. But like Spag Stacks in particular, where I spun the randomizer wheel and then drafted a team based off random, that was my highest advance rate for a large portion of the year. But then I think the lack of like having the Chiron, so to speak, having not having the Puka in every draft, um, those were ones that I think hurt those teams by the end. But yeah. I don't know. I cover it. I cover it in season. Always. That'll be the goal for every year. Last QB in a three QB build, Knicks or McCarthy? McCarthy probably to get better draft capital. Uh, but Knicks, man, that's a good question though. Cause I do think Knicks is like the better, better QB who is more likely to be on the field pretty immediately. But I guess if we're going to say like, who's got a higher shot of flaming out and being a career backup, it's probably Bo Nix. So I would say McCarthy, but they're kind of the same to me. If somebody takes McCarthy, I would take Knicks. If somebody didn't take McCarthy or Knicks, I would take McCarthy. Wonder if Traylon Burks will ever break out. Uh, some reports, again, tying Tyler Boyd to Tennessee. Uh, so I don't know, but I think Burks' best shot's going to be this year. Uh, that's that's definitely going to be the case. All right, you could use one more running back. Not a Jalen Wright guy. Again, don't think Kenneth Gainwell should be free. Uh, he's falling even further to a 208 ADP. I feel like he was like 202 yesterday. I don't know why people aren't taking Kenneth Gainwell. It's, it's not like a cheat code or anything. He might be the starting running back for Philadelphia next year. DeAndre Swift's a free agent. Uh, Boston Scott's not, Boston Scott's not going to fucking Willis Reed his way back into a real role. And then also, you know, they didn't like Rashad Penny and Rashad Penny's also a free agent. So Kenneth Gainwell pick 198. I, I don't know how he's not a good RB6 for a team like this one. Uh, I'll read the team here while we wait for my pick to come back up again. Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow at QB, Jonathan Taylor, Chase Brown, Chuba Hubbard, Kendra Miller, Audric Estime, Kenneth Gainwell. Weird running back room now that I'm looking at it, but a lot of guys that I think could soar upward where if we know that Chuba's the unquestioned starter in Carolina, which we'll, we'll see, new coaching staff, uh, he'll soar up. Chase Brown, if Joe Mixon gets cut, he's going to immediately soar up. Kendra Miller, if Kamara gets cut, instantly going to soar up. Estime, wherever he goes, if he lands in an okay spot, he's going to soar up. Kenneth Gainwell, if Swift isn't back and people know that, uh, he's going to come up. So I actually like the running back play a lot here. Wide receiver, Jamar Chase, Rasheed Rice, T. Higgins, Troy Franklin, Deontay Johnson, Marvin Mims, Malachi Corley. think we need another receiver, to be honest. But um, I like the beginning here. I think the Mims and Corley of it 
riskier for sure. I don't think Franklin fails. I don't think Deontay fails, uh, but the spike weeks for those guys, we'll see. And Bowers and KDOT in a tight end. I think Bowers is going to be an every week player, so I'm okay with that. Burks Levis, easy late stack. Burks Levis and Chig, easy late stack. And if you want to make the assumption that Tyler Boyd does go to Tennessee, because I don't know he's going to get courted pretty heavily by other people, uh, that's another one to add on to a late Tennessee stack as well. Um, honestly, could make that play here. You know what? I don't think that's a bad play at this range, actually, because we need another receiver. There's some guys we're interesting. I think Pierce is still interesting. Noah Brown, free agent. Uh, could go back to Houston, have some spike weeks, could go somewhere else, maybe probably going to get less valuable. I'm going to take Tyler Boyd. 14 picks after ADP. Not dead that he doesn't come back to Cincinnati, but if he goes to Tennessee and he gets himself like an Alan Lazard deal, they're probably to give him a shot. So I think Tyler Boyd's an okay one. I think we have to really rethink everything with Tennessee now for, I guess people ask about Traylon Burks and all that. You shouldn't treat Tennessee like the same team from the last few years because, again, the coaching staff is completely different. The expectation is that they're going to pass a good amount more, even though uh, Brian Callahan led offense last year for Cincinnati. Definitely lean on the run aggressively with their shitty QB when Jake Browning was in, but still saw Browning dropping back a lot, getting a lot of pass attempts. So I think that a Tennessee stack, I I've, I've advocated before for Carolina because of how cheap Bryce Young is. Uh, the Giants as well I've advocated for because I do think Daniel Jones should be able to go week one, and they just can't be worse than they were last year. Uh, but I think Tennessee... Another one to add in is just like very easy to put that together late and people are playing it. I think relative to ADPs, they kind of harken back to Tampa Bay last year. I think Tennessee does where it's completely different now with a change over there. And I think that's something where I should be buying more Will Levis, even though I don't think Will Levis is great. Um, he was a willing deep ball thrower last year. So we'll see. And I think he'll be improved. How much? I don't know. Tyler also a name blessed by God. Trust me. There you go. <laughs> I, I drafted Tyler. I got the, the co-sign from other Tyler's. You still considering a three QB build with your two elites? No, I don't think so. Um, I think if Levis had lined up a little bit better, like if he had come back to me here and I could make that bet on Levis with Tyler Boyd, I think I might've made that shot just because that's a news item that came out today and it's, you know, the ADP is aligned for it. But, um, but no, I don't think I need a third QB here. I also have to point out, like, just don't draft Taysom Hill at this point. It's not a smart thing to do with him not having tight end eligibility. Um, what's is this his QB like four or something? QB three. All right. I guess I could see the logic for why card back would do this, but or card rack. Yeah, it's round 19. All right. You can get away with it around 19. And a BBM, though, taking Taysom Hill in your top 18 rounds. I don't see that one as much. At 52% Bryce Young, gross. That's a lot of Bryce Young. That's a lot of any QB, which I would try to avoid. Uh, but yeah, I think that for Bryce Young, it's going to be hard for him to be worse. Again, same thing as we talked about here and really do think that Dave Canales, we talked about the hunky offensive coordinator is always going to be a thing, but he really, I think he materially changed Baker Mayfield's career last year. And I think he would have been out of the fucking league <laughs> if it weren't for Dave Canales. I think for Bryce Young, uh, I think he's going to have a similar glow up. All right, we have Russ here, which we don't need. Fant, which we don't need. Running backs we don't really need. I'm just going to take a shot at Noah Brown, I think. Nope, you know what? I'm going to time out on Russell Wilson is what I'm going to do. Click the wrong fucking thing. Well, you know what? Actually, <laughs> so here's how I'm going to spin this positively. A, it's round 19. Who fucking cares? Russ, I think, is live to go to Pittsburgh. I think it's Pittsburgh or Atlanta for him. So Russ with Deontay Johnson could be my third stack here. I can live with it. I can live with it. 
Am I going to dabble in any other sports this offseason? I'll be playing things. Um, I, as I mentioned here, I've been playing PGA a little bit off stream. Uh, didn't get the, they fucking didn't set up my Sims sarcastic uh, correctly. So I didn't get to play the NASCAR Daytona stuff. Um, but I, yeah, I, I play stuff, but probably not doing content for it. I've thought about trying to do an NBA channel, but I think it'd be foolish to start an NBA channel halfway through the season. Um, but I think that's something here where it would probably help me convert more stochastic subs. And then also like, I do have really good NBA projections and data and also like my analysis for NBA has also been really good, but probably not this year because of just too much going on. Probably too much going on for this. I've not done any MLB best ball. I've not done any, um, did a little bit last year, like really like a little, little bit, like a couple entries in each tournament. And, um, I don't know. I didn't really enjoy it that much, <laughs> but I, I get it. Like, I think for me, because of the fact that I do football so aggressively year round, I really only have time for so many other things in terms of mental bandwidth. So that's part of it. Where like, if I weren't giving you guys good content and I was doing PGA basketball streams, I don't, I don't know that my value is really there for that. At least right now, you know, things can change. Why can't I find the drafters app on my computer? Probably because you need to get it on a phone. <laughs> you just go to drafters.com. I think our promo code still works too. If you are a new sign up on drafters, they have their own version of the uh, tournaments going. It is not a fancy graphic, but promo code splash on there are for a hundred dollar deposit match on drafters. Cause I don't think they turned it off. Pretty sure it's still going. If Malik neighbors went to the Titans, would he still be that valuable? Yes, because it's not the same Titans. Uh, you got to just fundamentally, again, not the same Titans. Doesn't matter what they did in the past. It's not gonna be the same team. There's nothing there that makes it the same uh, besides, you know, some of the players, obviously. But you tell them like DeAndre Hopkins didn't want to play in a fucking slog it out offense. He just got stuck with that. All right. So I was going to take Noah Brown and I could do that <laughs> again here. Don't hate the idea of a third tight end or, or an RB7. But Sinnott already went. You know what? I think Noah Gray makes sense in this one build. We'll play the shot that Travis Kelsey, <laughs> Travis Kelsey, not going to retire, but maybe he gets hurt or something. Final team, uh, Patrick Mahomes, Joe Burrow, and an accidental Russell Wilson, Jonathan Taylor, Chase Brown, Chuba Hubbard, Kendra Miller, Audrey Estime, Kenneth Gainwell. Could have added one more running back and wouldn't have felt bad about it. But at this range, I just don't think any of these guys matter that much. Maybe Bigsby, uh, maybe Law Bay a little, but whatever. Uh, Jamar Chase, Rasheed Rice, T. Higgins, Troy Franklin, Deontay Johnson, Marvin Mims, Malachi Corley, and Tyler Boyd. And a tight end, Brock Bowers, Dot, and Noah Gray. I didn't do the rest of the wide receiver ones. So let's do that while we're still on this board here. Um, all right, which round were we on? Potential wide receiver ones. Josh Downs, round nine. Round 10. I think relative to where these guys are going to go in draft capital, I don't think Keon Coleman is good, but he still would be my pick out of this range. I don't think that Jahan Johnson will ever get there again. Don't think Rashid Shahid could get there either with Olave still there. Uh, but Rashid Shahid could take a pretty big jump upwards. Um, and round 11, Jerry Judy, I guess would be our pick for a potential wide receiver one. He wasn't this bad as he was last year in previous years. So he's going to get better. I think he needs a new team. I think he needs a fresh coat of point, uh, paint. Biggest disappointment for me last year in the DK Millie Maker finals uh, was Jerry Judy, but I think he would still be the best shot to be a wide receiver one. In round 12, this is a tough one. I think it would be, I think it'd be Lad McConkey out of round 12. I don't like Adonai Mitchell that much. Don't think Xavier Worthy is much better. Lad at least has a good route running ability and people seem to really cape for him. So I'll give Lad the kudos here and our pal Adam, when he watches the video, uh, we could, <laughs> I hope he gives me a kind thank you here. All right, let's go back to the board here. We're going to pick our last wide receiver ones in each round. Or it's fucking lad. Uh, lad McConkey in round 13. 
I don't think Mike Wilson or Thielen have it. Gabe Davis, again, could go somewhere and just be a guy that rips the top off the defense. Uh, that sounded aggressive. That sounded, <laughs> sounded a little bit of salty. Gabe Davis, I think for round 13, best shot being a wide receiver one. Um, round, round 14 this is an interesting round. I think, so you're not, you guys aren't going to like this one. I know people will go Roman Wilson. I know people might go Mims. Mims, of course, was a good boundary receiver last year or in college rather, then got drafted to Denver, didn't get used that way at all. Mims, maybe a shot that in some world he could be Tyreek Hill. I would go Quentin Johnston. I think out of <laughs> in round 14, um, he doesn't always go around 14. He's actually going a bit later very frequently. Quentin Johnson, though, big bodied guy again, coming in uh, with a coach who he torched in college in one of the biggest games of his career. I think Quentin Johnson's got one more shot. He also has a potential out for Mike Williams and Keenan Allen going in the offseason. So Quentin Johnson being my pick for round 15. Round 16, or excuse me, round 14, rather. For round 15, it'd be Xavier Leggett. Xavier Leggett, combo of A.J. Brown um, and A.J. Brown, I guess. <laughs> but he looks like A.J. Brown. He plays like A.J. Brown. I've made the comps to Jonathan Mingo, who looks like A.J. Brown and plays like Hunter Renfro. Uh, Xavier Leggett is a guy that, a little bit old, if he were younger, he'd be a much bigger deal. But Leggett, to me, in round 15, would be the wide receiver one potential there. And round 16, I don't think Tez is going to ever get the air yards that he got in college again. I think it would still be Traylon Burks for me. Um, maybe A.T. Perry, but he hasn't been a big enough target earner so far. I think Traylon Burks, it's just, again, Tennessee's a new situation. It's going to be completely overhauled. So for Traylon Burks, I think that he could have a shot if he really hit the ground running in a new offense, maybe one where Hopkins got shipped out of town or he got hurt in the preseason. But for Traylon Burks, I think it'd be my pick in round 16. And of course, wide receiver ones aren't going to be very frequent here at this point of a draft. Um, round 17, Brendan Rice. Brendan Rice, I think, would be my pick here. We've talked about it. Very good outside receiver, child of Jerry Rice. Um, great downfield, too, in a way that Jerry Rice was certainly not. Uh, so Brendan Rice, I think he'd be, my, he'd be my pick at around 17. We already know what Slayton is. Hyatt, maybe a shot. Uh, Pearsall, probably less of a shot, I think, as a bootleg Hyatt. Um, in round 18, fucking nobody. Rashad Bateman could have been a wide receiver one, two years ago if he were good. <laughs> That's about it. Round 19, ugh. Uh, Rondale Moore goes to New England and is the only receiver that they have. Maybe that's his pathway there. Rondale Moore would be my pick in round 19. And round 20, Michael Gallup had a shot years ago. Not going to happen now, but there we go. We knew the wide receiver ones would be thin late, but hopefully that added some value to your guys' process. Of course, guys, drafts march on here on Splash Play, Monday to Friday at 11 a.m. every day. So please do subscribe down below. Please hit that like button. Uh, please leave a comment if you're watching after the fact. All those things help us get seen by more people, and that's the goal here. This is basically my full-time job now. This is probably the two things I am doing. So the more that we can help it grow, the better it off it is for me, and the better I can make better content for you. So subscribe down below, hit that like button, leave a comment. Really hit that like button, too. The guy who's fucking obsessed with me and downvotes for multiple accounts. Uh, I saw he took Friday off, then he was back. <laughs> I'm this is not a fucking bit, by the way. Like I, I know you, I know you persons so stop doing it. You're crazy. You, you crazy boy. Uh, <laughs> underdog promo code splash on there. Double your deposit up to 100 bucks. Stochastic save 50% on any packs with promo code splash. Check the link in the description as well. Probably seven day free trial on the app store or 50% off for a monthly or yearly sub at probably.com slash subscribe to the promo code splash. Check it out. The best betting data in the world. And if you want some extra content for me, uh, check out the probably best bets video today where I fumbled through trying to find any NHL bets and college basketball bets and soccer bets and tennis bets. Uh, it was a real hodgepodge today with no NBA. So check out that video if you want. And of course, probably, probably is how I built my bankroll for DK last year. I'm already doing the same thing this year. I'm just trying to put in money towards bets. Sports betting may sound crazy, but if you just 
confidently hit bets that are mathematically profitable, you're going to rack up money over the course of months. It's not going to be you know a seven-leg parlay that hits for plus 10,000 odds, but it is going to be able to build your bankroll meaningfully over the course of the summer. So that's what I would suggest. And really, our probably data was built for this reason. So check it out for yourself at probably.com or that seven-day free trial on the App Store. And of course, give five stars and a review on the App Store for probably if you want to be entered to win a guest hosting spot on Splash Play coming up in March. And I think that covers it, guys. So shouts to all the fine folks that us put this on. Again, I have to update for the new subs, but uh, we'll have that in before Friday for sure. Thank you to all these people here. Join down below $4.99 a month to help me keep putting on the shows and also get up to 10 10 uh, Oh, fuck me. <laughs> you just start plugging so much and eventually your mouth is like, I can't. What are you doing, man? Uh, get up to 10 team reviews a month. <laughs> If you want to join, and of course, members only perks coming up hot and heavy uh, in this year of 2024. I'll be back with you guys tomorrow for more. So I'll see you guys then. Enjoy your days and good luck. Bye.